When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, thanks to all the subscribers for checking us out every single week and all the multiple interviews that come out. But if you're not, now's a really great time to hit that subscribe button. You can do that uh, anywhere you get your favorite podcast from. So if you happen right now to be at a podcast place that uh, you don't like, you can just go to another one and find the subscribe button there. As well as the places like iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Acast, etc., etc., etc. Kyle Meredith, today my guest, Greta Klein of the band Frankie Cosmos. They are back with a brand new album called Close It Quietly. We'll get into the furthering collaborative project that the band has become more and more throughout the years what a producer's role means for this band specifically, and also the Haunted Items single series that led into this record as well, if that finds any ties to the new album. And we'll get into some of the songs, like the uh, latest single, Wanna Go. It's a song that's been around for a long time. Greta gives us the story about how it finally arrived on a new record. We'll hear about the lead-off track, Moon Sea, and it's uh, it's it's really grabbing lyric. The first thing you hear on the record when she says, The world is crumbling and I don't have much to say. And also a different kind of collaboration, how she uh, tapped uh, both of her parents to jump in on the song with great purpose. And for all you dog lovers, there is a puppy edition of Close It Quietly. Greta's also going to tell us about how that came to be, thanks to their label, Sub Pop. Uh, it's Kyle Meredith with Frankie Cosmos. Hi. Well, let me first congratulate you. I've so enjoyed hearing Close It Quietly. I mean, you've been on a great run so far, and this stays right there. It's a, it's a really, really great record. Thank you. You know, last time we talked, it was behind the album Vessel, and, you know, that's not that long ago. And I, I feel yeah. like I, I remember there's sort of being a thing around that album too about how that was at that time the most collaborative Frankie Cosmos had ever been with with band members but uh but as I read this takes that even further is that is that right it's always collaborative um I think we're just like we just 
sort of keep getting better at communicating as a band because we've been like it's it's been this band now for the longest so it's like this this lineup so um yeah I think it always feels the most collaborative but I mean we honestly just we like we put that in you know every press release because people tend to think that I'm Frankie Cosmos and I just like want people to know that it's it's all of us (laughs) right now that makes sense I don't mean to nitpick at the at the name because I'm sure that's been done to death but was there ever a point where Frankie Cosmos might have been a persona and and then actually switched over to a band to to encompass a band, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, it did used to be just like it, I did used to use it to play solo also, but um, but yeah, it's, now it's just like the band name. But it's very confusing for people, so we're just always trying to like reiterate that it's, <laughs> that it's the band name and that I'm Greta. <laughs> right, right, right. The, the press yeah, release totally. also puts some a lot of weights at this time on producer Gabe Wax, and I, I was wondering, is that more than it has been in the past? And if so, what was the push here that was different from uh, previous records? No, it wasn't like uh, like I don't think that he was like more a more involved producer than our our producer that we've worked in the past ever was. But um, it's just a different producer to work with, so it's so it's different in that way because we've always in the past only worked with Hunter Davidson, who's our who's done all our other albums. Putting someone new in there, I mean that that's that can for a lot of bands be like putting a, an entirely different a new band member. Yeah, almost. I mean, it's yeah, it almost is like that. But it's I think producer has like a lot of different meanings for different people so like we all kind of produce all the albums with the producers it's not like a producer that comes in and has like a vision for the sound that we're like not part of so it's it's uh it's all collaborative you know it's because it's such a mystery to to a lot of people the the producer and sort of as you're saying right there have you heard the pixies podcast that they've been putting out no yeah the pixies had done it it was like an all access like if 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 anyone was in the studio, the microphones were on and it captured everything. But what it allowed, oh, wow. yeah, what it allowed was for you, you know, the listener to, to really understand what that kind of relationship is. And, and really, and even me, you know, I've been talking to musicians for, for years and years and, and I had a little bit of time when I was young that I got to do it, but it was still like such an eye opener to hear exactly what that relationship is, because I think that is, uh, that is lost on a lot of people, like how it works, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it's different for everyone, you know, I think uh, like one producer can work in a lot of different ways with different bands too. But I think there's this, you know, in the past, like I think in pop particularly producer has this connotation that they like wrote the song or like uh that especially with women i feel like there's a tendency to like if there's a producer's name it's like oh well that guy probably wrote the song and she's just like some you know sort of like girl that they got to sing it or whatever and i think that that's like that connotation of producer always like freaks me out like i always try and have to explain like no yeah it's like it's my band it's my songs and like everyone's like working on them but it's it's not like uh you know i just went in and had a producer like make me make me an album you know which i think it used to sort of have that connotation nico case uh, on her twitter instead of saying musician says producer i produce music that's what i do yeah. yeah yeah i think that that is like a thing that people have to specify a lot right <laughs> just because i just because i think it gets it gets confusing uh, and it's complicated even if you do specify it it's complicated and confusing <laughs> to mean so many things so you know well i'm glad in that sense that we're talking about it then you know at least that's yeah that yeah there. going in to close it quietly you know in the beginning of the year it, you know it's you you you're very kind to your fans by the way you give a lot of music not just on the record but there seems to be a lot in between and and the haunted item series was kind of what led into this. Is there any direct ties with the two? Did they work together in that way? The only 
direct tie really is that uh, there's one song that's on both of them. But as far as like, um, uh, but it's like it's very different on them. When you're doing it solo right there, and, and with Haunted Items, it's you know very piano based, and and of course, obviously, mm-hmm. with the album, it's it, there's a whole band. When the band kind of takes the song like that, and and you twist it and do the new thing, does the song change personally for you, like your intentions? Um, I mean, it doesn't change like in meaning, but it just feels like a different song because it sounds so different. So it's like you know, I think a solo song has like a a really like sad feeling to it, and like I think that the band version, like almost, it just makes it really fun and like almost I think having a band a lot of the time can take a sad song and make it feel triumphant and so that feels like uh just like you're taking power over the emotion almost so I think that it's really nice for me to get to play the song like that instead of in like a too sad of a way or something (laughs) I'd rather play it with the full band (laughs) I thought you you were almost you were very close to quoting Hey Jude there for a second the uh, sad song and make it (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) a compliment the newest single with uh with one ago really fun song one of my favorites that you've done i think but as i as i read this is a song that has been around for a while and and nearly wasn't released um yeah i feel like it we've been talking about putting it on an album for years like we almost tried to arrange it for vessel and it just sort of like didn't click and then our bassist alex who wasn't on who didn't play bass on vessel but he played Good, like some extra guitar and a couple songs on Vessel. He was sort of uh, just like a guest on that album, but now he's in the band. And he was like really into the demo and sort of pushed us to reconsider, you know, working on it. And it ended up being really good. I think it just was like, you know, just the timing and we just didn't feel like working on it before and then we felt like working on it and uh it sort of gave it a new life but it was never it was never released before so yeah it feels uh feels new you're right so. how, how how different is it now than from i guess the demo that alex heard it's not that i mean it is different because it's full band but the song itself isn't that different like the two vocal parts are basically exactly the same from the demo and there's i think we cut one verse for the new version because it was like I don't know. I was feeling really hesitant about the song. I think there's like a lot of lyrics on it that feel uh, just like really young to me. So I was, I just kept feeling uncertain about it. And then Luke sort of suggested like, what if we cut a verse? And so I cut one and then it felt better. So, so in that way, it's a little, it's a tiny, it's like tweaked, but it's, but it's still, you know, at its core, it's the same song. We hear about that. Like a lot of artists do that, you know, they'll start working on it. You know, you'll hear some legendary artists being like, man, that's the, the main idea has been around for 20, 30 years or whatever. And you finally get to it. Mm-hmm. But I guess I was a little surprised that, you know, for an artist who gets talked about yourself that um, produces so much music that you would ever have time to look back in the rearview vault or anything because it seems like there's always songs, new songs to put out. And is that is that a regular thing that you can, it, there's still a trove back there that you can pick from? Yeah, I feel like part of why that why there's so much music is because I have a lot like backed up too. So even if I do have like 30 new songs to choose from, uh, then we'll have like maybe 10 old ones that were like, Ooh, it'd be really nice to rework that one. And then if you really just tear it down, you end up with, you know, I don't know, 21 tracks or whatever this album is like. So it's sort of we're always sort of going back and forward because, I'm yeah, I always can get sort of excited again about an old one if it was never finished or never released. And I think even like the more time I take away from those songs, the more I want to I want to do them like want to go is one that I, I feel like when I made it, I was like, OK, cool. I'm never going to play that one. And then five, you know, four years later, I'm like, OK, well. That one's kind of cool. <laughs> Maybe it's only like three years later, but yeah, I don't know. Just suddenly I'm like, okay, yeah, now I can look at it with fresh eyes and think it's good because it's not new to me or something. I don't know. And it ends up being a single. It's got a, a really fun video, although 
I'll admit, I don't know that I've ever completely watched a baking competition television show. But uh, oh, really? Yeah, you you make it look fun anyway. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we're we're all really into uh, just Great British Baking Show. It's a really easy one to watch. Like I never really watched baking shows either until until that one. So that's I, the one I recommend. <laughs> I hear about it. What's the, what's the appeal of it? Because I, I do. I hear about that all the time. Um, it's just like a good format, and it's and it's well done. It's really beautiful looking, and yeah, it's just fun to watch. I don't know. Um, like I'm not I'm not crazy about that kind of show usually, but I think that one's just. It just do a really. It just looks really good, so it it makes you want to watch it. Like I'll watch it. I've watched it like while I'm eating. You know, <laughs> it just like feels like uh, it makes you hungry to watch it. So you have to eat while you're watching it. But it's um, I don't know. It's just really fun. It's it's just really well done. Yeah. Are you uh, are you much of a cook? Do you do you enjoy cooking? Um, yeah, I cook a little. I cook a bit, but I'm not. I'm not like a, a great chef. You know, I have. I think my two of my bandmates are really like good cooks and they're always cooking exper- experimental things and just make really great delicious food and and trying new things. I have my, you know, my like 10 recipes that I can can do, but I'm not like a super adventurous uh adventurous cook. Yeah. See, now I'm lucky if I can, you know, get the spaghetti right. So that's that might be why it starts <laughs> and I never <laughs> I never get in. Sure. It might inspire you. <laughs> Maybe it will. Uh, I want to hit on that first line, too, because the album starts with an attention grabber. And by the way, your lyrics have always been great. I think there is another level happening on this record. Uh, they are so good. So that compliment right there. But Thank you. But the way that starts out, the world is crumbling and I don't have much to say. I mean, tell me that you purposefully put that right at the beginning of the record. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we like it wasn't my idea actually to have that song be first, but it's sort of like I didn't know what song was going to be first, and Luke said it. He was like, Moonsy has to be first, and then we were all just completely on board. Like, yeah, that makes sense. That's the perfect, perfect opening track. Yeah. And it does totally, like, it is really funny to frame the record with that because it's like, and here I go saying tons of stuff <laughs> for 21 tracks. So, <laughs> You know, because I, I can completely understand where you're coming from in, in the very literal sense uh, on that line right there, but do you ever feel that responsibility to say the big statement that, you know, so many artists are trying to grapple with how to, you know, write poetically with a, with a catchy melody? Yeah, I mean, I tend to think that I'm not smart enough to do a good job uh, with that. Uh, or like, I just, for me, it's like easier to write about it from a perli- from a personal perspective. But like, I think the political sort of uh, sneaks its way into that because like it is personal or in, in so many ways. But, uh, but yeah, I mean... I think some people do a really great job of writing political music that that doesn't feel necessarily like preachy or not captivating. And that, that can be catchy, but I'm just like, it's hard. It's, I mean, I think that for me, it's like whenever I write anything, it's, it's not so much about facts as it's too much like about feelings. So uh, that's like the way that it comes out for me. I mean, I've heard, I've heard some and people... Sometimes I've been told that a song is like political that I've written that I didn't even think of it as political. But like, of course it is. It's just like my personal sort of version of it. Well, that's what, if you're writing an album in, in 2019, even the personal songs, just by living your life in, in some way, have have that even in the in the background. I mean, it seems like it'd be impossible not totally. to. Totally, Yeah. I'll hit another one, too. Uh, it sounds like an interesting story. With Great Purpose, uh, it ends up being a family affair. Does it feel different to collaborate mm-hmm. with your with your family, having having your parents on there? Does, is that different than what how you would do it with a band? It would... Yeah, you know, it was fun. It was, it, was, I, it was, like, the only time on the record that I got to sit in the, like, in the producer's actual physical chair and, like, do the, you do the talk back, you know, button and, uh-huh. like, be giving directions. And um, that was really fun. And, uh yeah, my parents are really like really 
gung-ho about it. My, you know, my dad like wrote, you know, 20 different piano parts that to choose from and then messed around with all of them. And, you know, we could have done it for hours more. So wow. it was really fun. And we were all sort of like giving him little tweaks and directions about like what we thought worked and didn't work. And yeah, it was really fun to, to try it like that. Uh, it was originally just going to be a solo song. And, and I just thought like, why not take this opportunity to have it be a little cute collab with them so it was, it was a it was nice to have them in the studio and stuff yeah and speaking of cute by the way there's a yeah. is, there's a puppy edition of this album uh-huh <laughs> what's the story yeah. there well you know sub pop i guess some someone had randomly maybe approached sub pop and said like that they could do a stuffed animal ver- version of like a album like a case for an album or something like that and we were like yeah that sounds like a really cool special edition thing to have because sub pop's always trying to do like a interesting special edition you know the loser edition it's called Mm -hmm. and um sub pop knows that we just like all love stuffed animals like everyone in my band has we all have stuffed animals and we often sometimes have them on tour sometimes we just or we'll see one in the office and be like oh my gosh who's that you know we just love we just all love stuffed animals and uh and real animals so they just know we like cute stuff and they were like hey do you guys want to do a special edition like with a with a stuffy and we were we were all super (laughs) on board because it just we just love we just love that. So um, you know, why not? Yeah. It's not really related to the album, but it just feels like, you know, it feels like it fits in the the Frankie Cosmos energy. <laughs> the uh the tag tweets have been uh, fantastic to see, you know, those arrive in the mailboxes and people taking pictures of it. It's a it's a real it really is fun. Yeah, they're cute. It's fun to see like, yeah, my someone sent me like I, I posted a picture of someone's dog like or someone, someone else told me that their dog, like, literally, like, sniffing the package as they're opening it, and they pull out, and it's the puppy edition. It's really, like, kind of amazing. Awesome. <laughs> One more layer to a great record. We're a dog-friendly band. Yeah. Which is always a big <laughs> bonus you. right there. Always a big bonus. Yeah. Well, uh, congratulations again, Greta. Close it quietly. I'm such a big fan of this record and of uh, Frankie Cosmos and everything you all do. So it's great to have you back once again. And, uh, and thanks for taking the time to talk today, too. Thank you so much. You, too. All right. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you around. You too, bye. All right, bye. Thanks. Big thanks to Greta Klein. Frankie Cosmo's new record, Close It Quietly, is out now. Now, as I mentioned within the interview, uh, Greta and I had talked just last year in 2018 when Frankie Cosmo's released the Vessels record, so I'm also going to include that interview here. We talk about that album's themes of relationships and being comfortable in your own skin, as well as her admiration for Robert Pollard and Got It By Voices, part two of Kyle Meredith with Frankie Cosmo's. Me. Well, first off, the compliments on Vessel. I know a lot's been written about this, you, you know, where you've came from, you know, how uh, how it really started out as really just a, a pure solo record. But with the contributions that's happening now, does it feel like this is an act like a real band at this point? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's definitely a band at this point. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Oh. I think everybody has different like there's different kinds of bands. I think everybody has a different like connotation of that. But but yeah, I definitely view Frankie Thompson as a band. Yeah, well, that's what I wanted because you know you you've had members kind of come and go, drop in for their parts, and then move on to other things. And I, I don't know what kind of consistency that can lead to, but I, I wonder does that affect the songs? Have you noticed even from studio to live as it's happened? Yeah, I mean, I think that everybody like who has been in the band like really brings their own kind of style, and so it's it's always changing when when somebody leaves or joins. But yeah, I mean, it always changes the style. I, I don't know. I think. I think uh, that's kind of like the fun, the thing that makes it kind of fun about like having it be a little bit more, um, it's like a very fluid kind of band. Like, I mean, the band is, it's not, uh, the band like is 
concrete when people are in it, but then it's like it can, it can you know it's subject to change based on people's lives. So it's, um, it's always going to be like I'm always going to be able to do stuff at Strangely Cosmos, and people who come in sort of bring their own different uh, different stuff to it. So it's, it, that's that's it's it's nice because it you know it makes all the albums sound different because there's so many different kinds of iterations that have, that we've recorded as now. For um, you know, for these songs being so personal and and as you've called them diary like, has it been a transition for you to to possibly, you know, co-opt your vision for something bigger when you're collaborating with other folks? Um, not really, because well, I feel like you know when I was making music for myself, it was really just like it sounded really like solo music. You know, it was just just one instrument usually, or like maybe I would dub over second thing, but. I feel like it's really kind of, I don't know, I feel like there are certain albums where you can you can tell when one person is writing. Like, if I were to write, you know, all the drum parts, all the bass parts, all the keyboard parts, I just feel like it's, it would be so much less exciting because it's, it's so fun to, to have, like, different people's perspectives on it. And, you know, it's not like anybody's really changing, like, the, uh, the song, like, at its core. Like, the song is finished when I bring it in. But getting to arrange it with people just having, like, but I never I never feel like I'm giving up something I, you know if, if anything if there's a part that I like and really really want to happen like you know we will talk about it like if I a lot of the parts sometimes that another person will play like will be something that I wrote and wanted them to play like if that is that something that I'm super persistent about but otherwise I kind of just trust them to do their thing and uh, I think it just makes it kind of like more exciting I guess to hear it I don't know I, I don't know how to explain it really and I, I don't feel I don't feel um worried about them like changing my it's still super personal to me, the music, so it doesn't uh, doesn't mess with it too much to have other people collaborate. It's it's like a, an interesting push and pull because it's an album that showcases growth as a band, but lyrically, and while there's a lot of growth lyrically, I guess in the subject matter, it seems like it's something in the past. While the band moves forward, you know, you're talking about something that's that's really far behind you, a transitional point yeah. in your own life. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the thing that I I'm taking from what you're saying is that for me a lot of the songs are about like about past like versions of playing in bands and being and making music and different it's about collaborating with with other people than my current bandmates so I guess there is a kind of a tension there where I'm singing about past band relationships and then playing the songs with my current band is kind of funny I guess well then there's other parts you've talked about this and you know the, the the lyrical themes are sort of the big deal on this record uh, again, you said in an interview, what I'm allowed to say out loud in a song sort of versus what I'm actually feeling. What, what did you mean by that? I guess I mean that like a song is sort of when I'm writing a song, I'm kind of like exploring my feelings and they're not necessarily like fully thought out or fully. I can't even really like understand them in the real world a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of a place that I can kind of toy with asking questions that I maybe don't want to ask myself in real life. That's what I get. I mean, it seems like there's struggle on this record. I, I've heard that you wrote these songs over a few years, like um, several years kind of takes place on this. Does something eventually tie them all together? Is there is there sort of that thread that pulls these in to make it an album instead of just a collection of songs? I never know because I kind of feel like I'm never really thinking about songwriting. Like I'm never really thinking about the album or the finished product. I'm always kind of thinking about just each song. But afterwards is when I sort of start to notice the themes and stuff. Like when there's a series of songs that I'm 
putting together into a, an album. But I don't know. I feel like there is a handful of sort of repeated themes that show up throughout in different forms, like, or even with different, with my reaction to the theme being different based on the song. But stuff about, uh, you know, just being in a body or out of body and feeling discomfort with your self and just different relationships and stuff I mean there's not like one thing that it's about it's more like just exploring a couple different things I guess yeah, yeah I guess it's I mean, you know maybe maybe it's just a collection of songs I think that's sort of the way that all my albums are but it's but for me it's for me there's there's themes in it that I notice because I'm in my you know I'm, I'm the one in my experience like experiencing the the feelings that are at the root of everything that maybe don't don't come through fully for every listener. I mean, when I listen to it, there's a there's like a near cinematic feel to the record. Like I kept thinking, like there's a really good coming of age movie in here. This would serve as huh. the complete soundtrack to that kind of movie, which you know. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> It's a cool way to listen to it. So that's why I would sort of almost agree and disagree. I, I don't feel like it's a collection of songs in that way because it does tell a, a big old story. I don't know. Have you ever have you ever thought about soundtracking like something like that? Has that ever been a part of your desire musically? I haven't really thought seriously about it. Although when I was like first making music, when I was like 15 or 16, I, I met this, this like girl who was studying film in college and she like liked my music and so she just let me like score some of her silent films for school which was really fun and that was just like a just sort of as a weird experiment but I really enjoyed doing that so I would totally uh someday want to do something like that again probably I mean it's not something I'm actively thinking about though but I do think I do think it would be weird for Frankie Cosmos songs like with lyrics to be in like a movie or a tv show or something because they the songs for me tell like such specific stories that it almost feels like it would distract from the story of an actual like a different thing like a movie well because it would have to be almost in reverse the way you were saying right there you know somebody created a project and you wrote the music to it and in this sense somebody would be taking your music and and writing the movie to it you know (laughs) yeah I wonder if I wonder if I would like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you know how the ending would be, somewhat. I guess. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I do know what the ending would be. I mean, for me, this album is kind of kind of ends on a question mark in my you know view of it. It's sort of like there's a lot of questions on the album and a lot of tension and like I guess the line that the storyline that kind of like goes through the album although it's not in chronological order but it's like me sort of like asking questions about a relationship and being like not being not unclear on what to do and then sort of like going through a breakup and and facing those questions or and the new questions that you know crop up from that and like but to me it sort of still ends in like a it it doesn't necessarily have a conclusion it's just like well who am I now like I don't know (laughs) I don't know that we ever figure that question out too, which I, I'm, I'm yeah. glad. I'm really glad. I, at this point, I'm I'm 36. Not saying I don't have myself figured out because you know you, you get to know yourself a little bit more each day and with each decision. But I think half the fun of of doing anything that we do creatively is never figuring that out. I think I think the fun part is trying anyway to figure it out, and and yeah, never never quite getting there. There's a divine dissatisfaction. <laughs> Thanks. I have the uh, the title for this interview now. That's perfect. <laughs> well, I stole I stole that from uh, this uh, Martha Graham letter that she wrote. <laughs> we'll, we'll co-sign on it. <laughs>
Yeah. There's one lyric in here that I want to bring up, and I might be reaching too far here. Uh, I was wondering if there was a lyrical overlap with the state of the nation and your state of affairs in Europe when you say, I'm America, unless I'm hearing that wrong. Yeah, no, that is a lyric. The thing is, the whole album was finished being recorded, or it was finished being written before the current president <laughs> was mm-hmm. elected. So it's really kind of dated. And I was, I was, I was thinking about that too, because that lyric definitely like means something new all the time, I guess, or can be interpreted as something new all the time. But it, it was just, honestly, it was a, it was not a very deep thought. It was just kind of a joke that I was, I was trying to like make a weird joke. <laughs> it's a poetic joke. I liked it regardless. I mean, maybe because it does mean yeah, more yeah. now, you know, it does mean something. It's, yeah. it's a little like scary. I think what it, what it could mean. Good luck with that, reinterpreting that every night. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I've read that you've already written so many new songs since the, the, the songs that make up a vessel and to write all the songs. You know, Bob Pollard has a hundred albums with, yeah. you know, on and on. And I know you're, you're a Gotta Buy Voices fan too. That seems like, is that the school of thought here to do something in that trajectory? Um, yeah, I mean, it's not directly kind of influenced by Bob Pollard, although I really, I do love Guide My Voices. Yeah, I love the idea of just like making songs all the time and sort of having them be, just not taking them, not taking every song so seriously and making songs just for fun, just as a joke or just while you're, as, as the story about Bob Pollard goes, like while you're pooping, just make, you come out of the bathroom and you have a new song <laughs> or whatever. But, um, but that, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I like, I like that idea and i hope to keep doing stuff like that i hope to just keep writing songs forever because i think that that's uh it's just like a nice philosophy for me to just to not take it too seriously they're also masters of the uh, less than a minute song which you've also perfected and i gotta say that that's always been interesting to me because for a lot of bands you really do keep thinking about it and and maybe you overthink it you know where something could have just lasted 45 seconds or a minute and, and but they've got to add the bridge and the second chorus and the third verse, <laughs> and that's fine. You know that's pop music. But you're able to say, you know what, that song's done. Like, <laughs> what kind of yeah. control is that? Um, honestly, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's control or if it's just kind of like ADD. But uh, I just like really don't. I don't like like when when lyrics like repeat for no reason you know like i i I feel like if a chorus is going to repeat a bunch of times like with the same lyric uh it has to be the lyrics have to change meaning or something or as they get repeated so i'm kind of like it's kind of rare that i repeat a lyric or i don't know i guess i just want i like them to be concise yeah have you heard their new record by the way space gun i haven't Oh, it's great. I didn't even know that it existed. Damn, I should check it out. Well, there's always a new one that exists. Every few months, there's a new yeah. one that exists. <laughs> so you wow. can always count on that. That's cool. It's, um, it's, dare I say, big rock for them. Like, there are huge soaring choruses, and it's something that's more akin to, like, I Am a Tree and Glad Girls in that era. It's uh, it's kind of weird hearing it, but it's a lot of fun, too. So I'd recommend. Ooh. Sweet, yeah, I'll check it out. That's it for me. Uh, Greta, thank you so much. I'm really enjoying Vessel again, and I'll look forward to the next uh, 90 or so records that you got coming out. (laughs) Sweet. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. All right. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.
Greta Klein from a 2018 interview talking about the Frankie Cosmos album Vessels. Again, the new one is called Close It Quietly. And thanks again to Greta for, uh, for all the conversations so far. Hey, before you get out of here, don't forget there is a subscribe button. Would love to keep you up to date on all the interviews that we put out. It's usually uh, multiple interviews every single week, at least on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So hit the subscribe button to stay up to date anywhere you get your favorite podcast from. After that, you can head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. We do a brand new song premieres. We got music news, anniversary spins, and clips from these interviews as well. There's also bonus episodes at WFPK.org. Consequenceofsound.net has your music and film news. You can also find me at Twitter, at Kyle Meredith, Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.